Welcome to the Agape Podcast. I'm Beck, a passionate, sold-out lover of Jesus who accidentally started a Christian singles ministry. And now I want to help as many people as possible to find their husband or wife while being super healthy and full of hope. So get ready for some real, raw talk about all things singleness and dating. I am so excited that you are joining us today and we are actually going to jump straight into part two with the amazing Sarah. If you guys have listened to our um, coaching call, well, our call, I think it was episode 19 that we did and we talked about how I had um, been coaching Sarah for three months over the summer. I just wanted to bless some um, women who are wanting to go after dating and kind of just see, you know, how I could help them and I didn't charge you guys. I just thought, hey, let's just, I just want to pour into some women. And Sarah was one of those amazing women that I got to choose. And so she was actually on a pretty incredible journey. If you guys haven't listened to episode 19, I really recommend going and listening to that first um, because we actually went through, she wrote out 10 things that she learned from coaching. And I think it's so important. And I'm not, I'm not even coaching right now, so I'm not like selling myself as a business or anything like that, but get with somebody who can coach you through dating because the transformation that um, I saw in Sarah and in Trina from episode 20, we talked about that, um, her story has been so incredibly valuable. And so we brought Sarah back in. Um, she's going to talk through the last few points of what uh, God did and how he showed up through coaching and through intentionally going after dating. And so Sarah... How are you today? Wonderful. Glad. To <laughs> like, let's start light before we get into the heavy revy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me ask you. Okay, let's see something. Just something. Uh, just so people can get to know you a little bit better. How about what is your favorite? Okay, so I'm on like a wellness program right now, and uh, so I, all I can think about is ice cream. So, what is your favorite ice cream? I think mint chocolate chip. Yeah. Oh. That's a good one. That's a good one. Guys, it's like you're you're already getting to know Sarah. Okay, one more question. Um, oh, oh, are you coming to our event on Saturday? Yeah. Okay, so we are having a speed dating in-person event on Saturday. I'm so excited. They're super fun. Uh, we have amazing kingdom people. Uh, we've got men and women and five-minute intervals, but it's really fun, really low stakes. We've had them before. We do the, a lot of them online, but now we're doing an in-person one. So let me ask you, what was what made you sign up to do it and to attend on Saturday, um, apart from the amazing charcuterie board that has been promised? Yeah, well, it's, <laughs> it's a continuation of our dating coaching. <laughs> Just trying um, wanting to meet new people and probably I would meet people there that I wouldn't meet elsewhere. Um, also years ago, I had some friends that started a speed dating business in Reading. Um, really? I had no idea. Yeah. So they had a couple, like maybe a few events and I believe at least one couple got married from that event. Um, and I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, I think I was in a little bit of a different season at that point. Um, but like, I remember I had a very little time, so I kind of 
wrote almost everyone off because I didn't feel like I was a match with almost any of them. And mm -hmm. so uh, I didn't actually, I don't think I even went on any dates um, because of that speed dating, but I actually thought it was a lot of fun just to, uh, some people were like sweating bullets and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. But I, but I thought it was just enjoyable to ask a bunch of questions, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, so fun. And like you said, it's just, it's really low stakes. You don't have to come in with all these expectations. Um, and I, what I found too, is that as you start to get to know more and more people, dating isn't as scary. Like the one time, you know, some girls I've spoken to get asked out like once every like five years and it's this like massive big thing. And since they've kind of been in our environments, they're going on more dates, they're getting to know more people. And so that one date once every five years, like, oh, this is such a big deal. That's not really the case anymore. And dating is becoming more natural and just getting to know people and having fun. And so I'm super excited to have you there on Saturday. I'm really excited. There's some people that, some men that I'm excited to introduce you to. Um, but let's get into the rest of the revelations that you had while uh, we were coaching because I thought they were just such gold and I love that you have such a heart to share it with other people. So I think we're up to number seven. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. So Take it away. Let's go through number seven. Okay. Um, communicating feelings, hurts, and needs in friendships is helpful preparation for marriage. So that came up one, one week um, when I introduced one of my friends to a guy I was getting to know, and I asked her for her feedback. You know, what did you, what did you think of him? And, and she kind of made a bunch of judgment statements that I felt were not fair. And that wasn't the first time that she had done that um, when I introduced her to someone. And so I kind of, I kind of like got offended and was shut down, but I didn't tell her that. And so I ran it past Beck and I said, Beck, like, has this ever happened to you? Have you ever, has a friend of yours ever, um, you know, said they didn't like someone that you're getting to know or dating. And, um, and so then we had this big, bigger discussion on our coaching call of, um, what it looks like to press in to communicate our feelings with our friends and why that's actually really good preparation for marriage. Um, so yeah. Uh, yes. If I can speak on that, you can practice conflict really well in friendship because I promise you it'll come up in your marriage. And so, like, I even did a um, – we're starting – Nick and I are starting a love after marriage. And they said, you know, you don't just fall into an amazing marriage. You actually have to work at it really hard. And so friendships are a great way to practice working really hard and, and actually developing incredible friendships and, and working through conflict. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. So – um, I don't know if I would have pressed in to like tell my friend what I was feeling and kind of do the work to figure out what I was actually feeling and then how to communicate that in a graceful, um, but truthful way. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up having the difficult conversation with my friend and also kind of writing down a script of what I would say, um, uh, Beck encouraged me to write write down how to communicate that and then other thoughts. So kind of writing a script like, um, when you said or did this, I felt this, you know, I, I could be wrong about what I was thinking 
about this, but tell me more and just going from there. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's never easy. Like I'm not one that runs toward uh, conflict. Um, so I know some, for some people that's easier than others, but I'm really ultimately glad in the end that I had that conversation with my friend um, because we were not on the same page and, and she was able to express like why she was so forthright in sharing her opinions, which sadly was because um, when she, before she got married, nobody told her what their concerns were about her um, husband and she ended up getting a divorce. And so she said, looking back, she really wished her friends and family would have said something, you know, so looking at it from that perspective, I can see that her heart is really wants the best for me. And so that, that made all the difference in the world. But I feel like Beck, you could do a whole podcast um, on conflict and how to communicate your feelings. I think we call it brave communication um, in this environment. So I was like writing furious notes when you're speaking. Um, but do you want to share anything about your views on that? Well, I've had a lot of practice in the last six months uh, being newly married. <laughs> it's been amazing to grow in that. Yeah, we, <laughs> it's really funny because you think you get along so well and then you put two people in a house and you realize all the things from your childhood and how you were raised, everything that you do is different. And even uh, a couple yesterday at this Love After Marriage course that we, we're starting to do said that their biggest breakthrough or was their biggest source of conflict and it was about the hand towel in the kitchen. The hand towel in the kitchen. They were just butting heads and they had reached an impasse and thought we can never talk about this because it never ends well. And so I think, um, yeah, healthy conflict is something you have to really work at, especially in marriage, but you get to practice it in relationships. Like I was saying, um, I think the biggest thing, yeah, brave communication. My kind of rule of thumb is that if I'm thinking about it two days later, then I'm still feeling the emotion of it. Obviously something that this person did hurt me and I need to communicate that. Um, because it's actually causing disconnection in my heart. And so for me to fight for unity actually looks like trusting them with my heart and being vulnerable. And now I'm not in control with what they do with that, but I actually get to be brave um, and, and share like, oh, hey, when you did this, this is how it made me feel. And I've done that with a lot of friends um, kind of prematurely or, or I haven't really known them super well, but I'm like, I'm actually going to trust them. I'm going to trust that they care about me. And it's, it's, yeah, it's usually gone really well and people are like, oh, I had no idea. And I also think bringing truth into it as well is super important. Um, it's really easy to make assumptions about motives <laughs> when we don't know what the other person was thinking. And so I can be, I think asking clarifying questions is super helpful. Um, you know, hey, when you did this, what did you mean? Or when you said this, what did you mean? Um, you know, I'm. this is what I'm perceiving you. Is this accurate? Like I'm perceiving that you're not really happy with me right now. Is this accurate? Um, and, and sometimes people go like, yeah, actually it is. Thanks for saying something. Cause I mean really like in this tension, but more oftentimes I found people like, oh no, I'm not upset, but your mind can go to places, you know, run rampant. The enemy just wants to come in and cause division. And so communicating in any way, any sort of thing that is actually, and again, I'm not super easily offended. So there'll be things I like, oh, I don't even remember the next day. Like 
that's why my two-day rule comes in because my god if i'm still thinking about it it's, it's actually causing hurt in my heart and i i naturally want to pull away i don't want to talk to that person mm-hmm. um as much uh, i'm not going to be as exciting or friendly probably i'll try but is there something there and so yeah i think communicate 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 learn how to communicate in dating so that you can communicate really well in marriage um nick and i communicated really well in dating we communicated really well in our friendships we struggled to communicate really well uh, when the stakes were a little bit higher in marriage but we had really good foundation and we had people pouring into us and even they said to us sometimes you know if it's really a tense situation and you have a lot of emotion maybe take a moment and step away from the situation, but always telling the person, Hey, I'm going to go outside for 10 minutes. I will be back then. And then we, and I love you. And then let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. So they still feel validated, but you still get the time you need away from the conflict if it's a little bit too intense. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think again, you can practice all these things in, in friendship, go after it in friendships because mm-hmm. it's going to really help your marriage. Um, and trust people with your heart and just see what they will do. Because I think oftentimes people don't give others the opportunity to ask for forgiveness or the opportunity to make it right. Mm-hmm. And they sit with offense and they cause, cause a division, disconnection, they pull away. And then their friendship is like really, really broken um, for something that really could have been easily resolved or at least been spoken about and worked on for a time. And that's why I also think, I would be wary of any person who doesn't have long-term friends. Um, If you are dating someone who has no long-term friendships in their life, like, yes, they might have moved, but are they still in contact with friends from back home? Or, you know, if they're constantly cutting off friends every time, you know, something goes wrong, that's a really good indication that maybe they're not very mature in this area. And when you start dating and something goes wrong, are they just going to leave? Like, Look, that's a really good sign of maturity. So, yeah, that's the end of my monologue. That's just a few things that I kind of had on my heart about it. That's wonderful. Um, A couple of things I also wrote down um, for myself for future references. If it bothers me, uh, bring it up, kind of like you said, if I find myself wanting to pull away or, yeah, um, if it bothers me. Uh, Believe the best about someone else's motives and then convey my heart with gentleness, with gentleness um and kindness because i know if i if a friend confronts me like i'm less tense uh if they're coming at it from a tone of gentleness than um anger or yeah upset yeah tone makes such a big difference and so yeah i find it's a lot easier um to forgive someone if you have compassion for them and so actually asking the lord Mm -hmm. Lord, like what was what was going on for them that this happened doesn't mean that it excuses it but i find if i ask the lord for their side of things i have a lot more compassion i can come with a lot more grace and a lot more i am so much more willing to forgive and open um because i i have compassion and, and that's exactly right and then you can come with that tone of gentleness um which is so important and so i love that you had breakthrough in this area you're practicing the things that are needed for marriage mm-hmm. How about the next one, number eight? Let's keep going because I'm excited to hear your next revelation. Yeah. Allow time for someone's story to be shared. Don't make snap or premature judgments to write someone off as quickly as possible. So um, when I was getting to know someone, um, I like I think 
my natural tendency is to want to ask a lot of questions and find out as much information as possible, um, almost like a job interview. But um, I realize, you know, that's not a good idea. And I processed that a little bit with Beck and some other friends. And we just had a really good conversation that I felt like was worth sharing here and something, a good takeaway, um, which was uh, even though we want to find out as much information kind of as soon as possible to know whether to continue to invest or whether we should part ways, like, it's not always, it's not usually appropriate to ask really deep and probing questions in the beginning. Um, and so I think it's kind of a matter of trust, trusting the Lord and that things will be unfolded in the right time and that we'll know when to ask questions and that even things would come up naturally. And um, just as we continue to build trust that those deeper conversations would be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. We talked about, I think, pacing in the last one um, podcast that we did. And so, yeah, it can be really easy to want to, I want to know everything about them so I can know whether I'm in or out. And, and it's, it really is that defense mechanism that comes in. Mm-hmm. But pacing allows us to slowly unravel. And, and if deal breakers come up, cool. Mm-hmm. But there's not this like... I find a lot of that is like a fear. I need to know now because I don't want to waste my time. I'm running out of time. You know, if we really trust the Lord, we can get to know people um, and we can get to know their story and we can get to them in a, in a timely way where it's not like we're, you know, we're guarding their heart, we're guarding ours. And then actually going, okay, I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to make these snap judgments about what they meant. You know, I see so many people over, overanalyzing every little thing that a guy does, you know, oh, he, he sat over there and said, here, like, does that mean like this, this, and this? Oh, he didn't raise his hand in worship. Oh, he must not love Jesus. You know, like just, oh man, some people, we have these little rules that we think that people follow if they love the Lord or, um, but actually getting to know someone over time allows you to develop some, um, history with them and to see how they act in certain situations, um, to see how they show up, how they, who they are consistently. Because when you see somebody on a first date, you know, they might be nervous. They might be frazzled. Their dog might've just died like, you know, a week ago and they're still grieving. You just don't know. You don't know what somebody's going through. And so I love that. I'm not judging them, uh, prematurely. In fact, we're, you know, we're not called to judge them at all. Um, but even just, going, okay, well, is this right for me? Is this not giving it time? If you're having fun, you're getting to know them. The first date was good. Mm-hmm. Go on a second one. Mm-hmm. You know, if the second one works out well, go on a third. Yeah. Keep, you know, if there's no red flags, there's nothing kind of getting in the way, right. keep getting to know them until there's a point where we either go, yes, we're in a relationship or, Hey, actually, I don't think we're compatible. And that's totally fine too. Yeah. And I think, um, the thing I wanted to say in this one was when we are aware of bigger things that could be red flags. I think that's what I mean. Like if someone's um, been divorced and you want to know why and what is, you know, what's their relationship like with their ex, their, you know, all of the intricacies of that, what happened. Um, Maybe someone had a same sex relationship or attraction in the past. Um, Or maybe they've been to jail. Like these are kind of a big deal and could be reasons um, to scare, scare you off or walk, want to walk away. But like, 
like we were just saying, like allowing there to be time to get to know the person um, so that you're not just judging the circumstance or their past, but, um, but getting to know them as a person and then letting things unfold and making a more informed decision when details do come to light based on, you know, all of the other aspects of their character. Yeah. And, um, Becky had yeah, a good example, or you, I remember you shared with me that you used to have um, uh, a thought that you would never marry a divorced person. That was, you just ruled that out until maybe you got to know your husband and your thoughts changed on that. But um, do you want to share anything about that? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You like interviewing me. It's so good. Cause I, I love being asked questions too. So yeah, I think, I think in my, when I was younger, um, in my early mid twenties, I, it's not even something I would have even thought about, you know, it's like, no. Um, and I remember actually saying, this is going to be so harsh. So please hear me. This is not me anymore. But I remember saying to someone like, Hey, if they couldn't make it work with that person, like how are they going to make it work with me? Like, you know, if they just gave up, um, I think I was just super naive and I just thought, well, you, you, you know, you couldn't make it work. <laughs> so why are you trying to get married again? Or why do you want to date me? Um, but really, I think I just matured out of that. That was, you know, I was in my early twenties and didn't know much about life and, and didn't have a lot of compassion. I uh, hadn't really lived that much. And so now when I met Nick, he told me he was divorced. And I was like, okay. I mean, I wasn't even interested in him. So it wasn't even, <laughs> it wasn't even an issue. Um, but it's really funny because it never once was a problem for me. Like it never is something I even think about. It's not even, I mean, it comes up in our marriage, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of healing that's happening and a lot of like restoration and, oh, like this is really redeeming. Some things that we will do is like, oh, this is really redeeming. Like my ex-wife would never pray with me. Like, so it doesn't come naturally for me to even want to ask because I got shut down so many times. Stuff like that comes up. But yeah, as we got to know each other, yeah, it just was never, as I got to know him and his character and his personality and hear the story of what actually happened, I was like, oh, you know, that it didn't change my perception of him at all. Um, and, you know, we've shared on the podcast before, like the whole story. So you can always go back and look at it, <laughs> listen to it. But yeah, that was really a process of, okay, I'm not going to jump to snap, snap judgments, have, make conclusions. Like, I don't know what's happened. Um, you know, it's not you, like, it's not always someone's fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes they were unfaithful and, you know, um, but if they weren't and somebody just up and left them, like it's, I just felt like, oh, I can't really hold that against him. He didn't make the choice to be cheated on and left. Um, and he still deserves, you know, love. And, and so, yeah, that was a really big, it wasn't really a big process of me figuring that out because I was like, I already know who he is, but that's a beautiful thing. Like you're saying, not having snap judgments about people. Like, yeah, if you meet someone who has come out of a homosexual lifestyle or in the past, like maybe like four or five years ago, they were living very actively gay lifestyle. And now they've been really redeemed by the Lord, um, have, you know, come to Jesus and are walking in, you know, the fullness of their new creation. And they want to start dating. You know, I, you know, I feel like there's amazing testimonies of that happening and, and amazing men and women just having so much grace for that and being like, Hey, you know, this is something that you did. It's not who you are. Um, you're redeemed, you're made new. I got to know who you are. I see who you are. You know, I see that that's not a part of your life anymore. Yeah. So I think, 
I think I'm more I'm more concerned about people's history and history with God than um, who they were. Because mm-hmm. if I really believe that the blood washes away those things, um, then I'm like, okay, if that's who they were in the past, like I want to deal with who they are right now, mm-hmm. and I want to get to know them. I even had an ex-boyfriend who I said, you know, do you want to know about like my sexual history before we start dating? Because I had always had boyfriends who were like, I need to know before I commit to you. And, and so I was like, and it's not even like, is that crazy? But I was like, do you want to know? And he was like, you know, you can tell me if you want, but I'm not, I'm not as concerned with who you were. I'm more concerned with who you are. Mm-hmm. And you can tell me if you want, but if you want to wait until we're in it, like we're exclusive and we're in a committed relationship so that you feel safe and covered, mm-hmm. um, then let's wait till that time so that you feel like completely mm-hmm. safe. And so I was like, wow, I felt really seen, really known, really cared for in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't feel judged at all. So that's what I would say about that. That's great. Do you have anything to add? Um, yeah, I think we've already kind of said this, but people's stories are multi-layered and it's not always, probably not going to be appropriate for them to share everything up front. Um, so... Yeah. yeah, I think that's really good. And giving them grace to not be like, so what happened with your, with your divorce? <laughs> Was it you or her? What happened? You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah, getting to know people and having the time. Just like anything else, you want people to get to know you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all have things. We all have things. Some people's are just a little bit more out there, a little bit more visible. We all have things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that leads me to number nine. What's your number nine revelation? Your ninth, that sounded weird. Your ninth revelation that you got out of coaching. Yes. When you believe you're a gift and others will be blessed by interacting with you, it takes away some of the fear of meeting new people. Come on. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. I hadn't actually read that. I hadn't even, like, I hadn't, because Sarah sent me the, the list of the 10 things, but I hadn't gotten up to that part yet. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Tell us how that breakthrough impacted your life and how you got there yeah um well it kind of started by one of beck's homework challenges she said ask someone to coffee um and she said it's not so much um about the date but it's actually i want you to pay attention to what's coming up in your heart before or in the process of asking them and then meeting them and so i didn't have anyone in mind that i wanted to go to coffee with so i was like okay i could have to ask uh, a random stranger here. So, um, I asked the Lord to help me and, um, I found someone on one of the singles pages that Beck started, uh, who is kind of in, um, my church and age range and all of that and had posted something recently about how to get more dates. So I thought he would be open. So anyways, as I was, um, preparing to send him a Facebook message, I was you know, asking the Lord for help. And then I felt like the Lord, the Lord reminded me that this man was going to be blessed by meeting me and just reminded me that all, you know, of all my other friendships and relationships that have been blessed by knowing me. And, um, and that I, I think the Lord gave me these words to write out. Um, so I was telling him that this was actually a challenge from my dating coach and that, um, and that he, it was a homework assignment and that he was the lucky winner and that just came to me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And so then thankfully he wrote back, he was like, hooray for winning. <laughs> and, then, and then we set up a coffee date and 
had a really a nice time chatting and getting to know each other. Um, but I just kind of walked away from that realizing, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like nervous. Um, it wasn't, didn't feel high stakes. Um, but, but I think that if I would have gone in with a lack mentality, like wondering, you know, is this going to be awkward? Is he going to find me attractive? Um, just looking to him for affirmation or to feel good about myself. I think that would have not been a winning (laughs) situation, but going in, like kind of knowing who I am and, um, what I carry and that just that the gift of friendship is a beautiful thing. Um, and getting to know someone is, is a, can be a great experience. Um, whether we meet once or multiple times, uh, yeah, just, it was good. And so, um, that's kind of, that's what I took away from that homework assignment. I love that. I love that you stepped out. I love that. Like we said, it's not about going on the date. It's about what's coming up in your heart. And a lot of these things, when you're stretched, when you're out of your comfort zone, it's like God uses those things to bring things up about identity, about healing. Like what do we need to go after Lord together? And so I love that he actually showed you so much about who you were and, and your value and that people are going to be blessed just by being in the room with you, regardless of whether you end up being, you know, a couple or not. It was really about what came up for you. And so I see you've written some things about being self-confident here. Um, mm. and also not getting your identity from dating, which is so good. Cause I mean, I, I mean, we've been talking about that for so long. Mm. Um, you know, dating isn't to, to answer the question of, am I desirable? Mm-hmm. Am I likable? Some people will find you desirable and likable. Some people won't. And that's totally fine because you are desirable and likable to your person and then you'll be compatible with them. And it's okay that you're not to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did you want to speak a little bit? onto um, kind of what came up for you about being self-confident and what you learned about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, it's something I've thought about uh, as I've gotten older, or even just um, since I've lived in Reading and attended a ministry school here, I, I feel like learning about the love of God, uh, or not learning about it, but internalizing it, I think it really changes everything because when you realize how loved you are and um, like truly in the very depth of your being, it kind of, it kind of makes you unrejectable and then you're projecting. And then also I think that it changes the way people see you as well. I don't completely understand that, but I feel like the more we love ourselves, the more other people like us too. But, um, that is so true. Can we get an amen for that? (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't think it's always naturally the case that you get more self-confident as the years go by, but I'm, I feel like for me, it has, that is true because, um, because I've been intentional to go after inner healing or any lies that I'm believing about myself. I think it's always a journey. I think we can always grow um, to love ourselves more. In fact, I'm like in the process, I'll be writing a book on, um, women who have overcome self-hatred and their testimonies. Cause I want other women to experience that breakthrough. Um, but 
yeah, I think it, when we love ourselves, it makes it, it makes it easier to meet new people because we're not, um, afraid, like afraid of how they're experiencing us or afraid. Oh, does that look mean, you know, what does that look mean that they just gave me? Um, and you know, girls can, they can be judgmental and critical and I've experienced that a lot. Um, but I think we all need inner healing and the more we can, um, go through that forgiveness and realizing what God says about us and learning to accept ourselves. I think, um, the better off we'll be with, with friendships and with the opposite gender. Come on. Ready, ready, wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) I discovered these. And so I did an entire, um, podcast thinking I was playing them. And so the two of us could hear it, but actually it wasn't in the recording <laughs> because it was in preview mode, not live mode. So now I figured out how to do it. So now every time you say something great, I'm just going to have some cheers in the background. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. I'll cheer enough for the both of us, but I just had to put that in there because it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I love it. You're just having so many mic drop moments. And I think the 10th one that you've put is awesome too. And so I'd love to hear from that. Yeah. From that perspective. Okay. Having wise Christian friends and even a coach um, in your corner as you you navigate dating is extremely beneficial. And um, so a proverb comes to mind. There's a couple of proverbs that say similar things, but the one I chose uh, for today is Proverbs 11, 14 in the NIV. It says, for lack of guidance, a nation falls but victory is won through many advisors. And Come so on. We all, we all need people to bounce things off of as we're navigating um, dating and whether we're male or female, females, I think have a natural tendency to talk about relationships um, and have their friends be a sounding board, but men need to get sound counsel too. And um, I have a, ma- a male friend who started a group called the bro code and it was like meant for men to be able to um, counsel each other, um, share wise advice as they navigate the intricacies of dating. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what were some of the things that you found were really beneficial about having like specifically having somebody with you for three months while you navigated dating? Mm-hmm. Like obviously we've talked about the biggest things that you took away from it, but even having friends Mm-hmm. What are some of the wise counsel that came up from the people around you during this time? Mm-hmm. I think just getting an outside perspective um, helps because when we're in it, we don't always see things clearly. Um, yeah, I loved I loved having Beck um, share things or ask me questions or did you think about this or how are you going to do this now or um or say yeah I. I totally like tell me that you're resonating or encourage me to think about it a little differently. Um, I have, I have one friend who's actually a marriage and family therapist. And I remember one time she always asked me great questions because that's like her job is to ask people questions and help them process things. So one time she asked me, it was about, you know, a guy I was attracted to. And she said, well, if, if he was a female, like what boundary circle or what friend circle would you, would you put him in? 
And I was like, oh, that's a really good question because it made me think about his character, you know, all aside from being attracted to him. Like, what would, would I actually want him to be my friend if he was a female? And so that was a really, uh, that was a great question to think about and take away. Yeah, that's really good. I love that. Somebody posted in the group recently, it's, um, you know, a great dating yardstick is kind of, do I want to be influenced by them? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar. These are really important questions to ask. You know, would this person be my friend if they were a girl? Would I even want to spend time with them? If they didn't look the way they look and were, weren't a man, um, is this somebody I'd want to spend time with? It's a really good measuring stick of, okay, is this somebody that I would want to pursue a relationship with? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, that's I love that. Having good friends ask good questions, having mm-hmm. a community around you. I often encourage people who are you, who is your support system? Who are your people that are going to get around you and help you in this and and pull on them? Cuz you you need, you know, it says they say it takes a village to raise a child, but I really think that dating is not a solitary activity. Like you need people speaking into your life. You need community around you, pouring into you and loving you and, and helping you and seeing the things that you maybe don't see, which is also really important. Yeah. And sometimes we see things that are, we think are slightly, or could be concerns or yellow flags. And, but we're not really sure. And um, especially when we're first getting to know someone. And so I think it's really helpful to run it by someone and say, is this concerning or no big deal? And then get their perspective on that. Yeah, that's really good. And then they can either affirm or be like, oh, maybe maybe you're overreacting a little bit. Like, I don't know if that's as big of a deal. And you're like, oh, okay. It is good to have ga- a gauge. And, and actually people that you love and trust, not just like randoms, um, but people who you know have a history with the Lord, are super solid in their faith, yeah. love Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. fruits of the spirit are going strong in their life, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, really good. I love that you surrounded yourself with those kinds of people. Yeah. And I th- Do you want us to share some final thoughts before we go? I can see you've got some final thoughts down there. Yes. Oh, this is the paper that you gave me. <laughs> you are so well prepared. I love it. <laughs> well, I just want to say that whether you're taking an active or a passive approach to your love life, keep your faith firmly rooted in God. The search to find your future spouse isn't all on your shoulders. God has good plans for you and he'll bring your future mate into your life in his perfect timing. Come on. Yes, we do our part. He does his and it works beautifully together. I love that. Yeah. And a few helpful things that I found to encourage myself in the journey and that you can also try at home um, are prophetic acts, whether that's like an object. I remember one of Beck's first encouragements to me was, find an object or something that will like spark hope. Um, Because Beck had like a tie that she hung on her wall that always reminded her to pray for her future husband, which is my next one. Pray for your future marriage um, and your future spouse and um, make declarations, uh, whatever, um, whether that's scripture or personal promises or um, just declaring hope filled things about your future and your future marriage. Um, listen to other people's love stories, uh, you know, celebrating with people I think is so great and, um, you know, not being sad, I guess that it's not your story, but like truly entering in to celebrate with them and, you know, finding joy in their story and then 
you can even ask them um, to pray for you and impart their testimony to you. Um, so, and uh, I would say also let your friends know that you're um, wanting to meet someone and even ask them to set you up on a blind date. Yes, that's a big one. Let people know, especially married people. Like they've found their person. They're not looking anymore, but they can be looking for you. So they can use all that energy that they used to take looking for someone and they can channel it into helping you. I did a Facebook live recently where I was like, married people, let's help the single people out. Start setting them up. Like this is your call. This is your commissioning. Like if you're watching this and you are married, help your single friends out. I wanted people to set me up when I was single and no one ever did. And that's why I'm now, I mean, I was setting people up when I was single and then when I was dating and then when I was engaged and now that I'm married, I'm still doing it because there's so much life there. And even if they don't meet the person that God has for them, they're still growing and being sanctified through the journey so much. Um, and so, yeah, that's a very, that's something I'm very passionate about. Um, yeah. Ask others and ask them to pray with you. Yeah. <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, cause I have set you up with people. So <laughs> appreciation is appreciated. Um, <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you want to say before we go? No, just that it's, um, it's been a blessing to have you in my life back. And, um, I just, yeah, really believe in your vision, uh, to set, to do your part, to help facilitate kingdom marriages. And like dating is a part of a part of most people's stories to finding their future spouse. There's not too many people that have arranged marriages or, um, marry the first person that they are attracted to. Um, so I think it's really important to uh, learn how to do it in a, in a pure way, in a godly, in a God honoring way, a healthy way, healthy viewing ourselves and other people. And I feel like it's not talked about enough in the church. Um, and there's a can be a lot of fear around it. So um, I'm just excited that you're bringing to light light on so many different aspects of a very important and relevant topic for people today. Come on. Thank you so much. You are amazing. Thank you for joining us today, guys. We pray. I just pray that you will be so blessed by this. I pray that you will go out and find your people and have them champion you, that God will put them around you and you'll find them and they will be like so, so about encouraging you. They will be so enthusiastic to cheer you on and encourage you in all that God has for you, especially in the area of dating. And so I just bless you. I bless your week and I bless you to just have incredible supernatural hope and to sit in the emotion of hope. Um, and the emotion of having the desires of your heart fulfilled and, and build that hope from that place. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.